0: Welcome to the Modern Workplace for SMB's podcast, where we bring to you business and thought leaders to share their stories on how small and medium-sized businesses are transitioning to the modern workplace, hosted by Modix. Okay, welcome everyone to our webinar on Teams and Microsoft 365 and how it can boost remote working productivity and consolidate costs. Thanks for joining us, everyone. We. Um, We appreciate your time and uh, hopefully you've got your lunch ready so that you can eat and learn at the same time. We've got some really cool special guests with us today. Uh, We've got Sean Beaumont from Microsoft, who's the territory manager for S&B in modern workplace. So he helps a lot of partners help their customers around utilizing the Microsoft 365 suite to, to modernize their business operations. And we've also got Guy Ballard, who's from Tasman Environmental. He's the CTO there, and he's been pivotal to their transition from working in the office to now fully working remotely. And we're going to hear a little bit from Guy around what that process uh, looked like and, and some of the tips and tricks that he's using in his organisation to, to help his remote staff. So just quickly, uh, a bit of background around MODX. We are a next gen. Uh, IT partner that helps small and medium-sized businesses digitise their business through modern workplace technologies, uh, predominantly around the Microsoft 365 suite, and using tools like Microsoft Teams to to transform the way that um, that their teams work together and collaborate. So I'm just going to throw the screen now to to Guy because we're going to we're going to have a run this a little bit informal, so it's going to be a bit of q and A. Q&A. Uh, we do have the Q&A panel open in Teams as well. If you have any questions uh, that you want to ask, feel free to drop them in the Q&A and we can respond to them. All right, so we're just going to have a chat to Guy about uh, about his role. Maybe Guy, why don't you tell us a little bit about Tasman Environmental yeah. and, and what you guys do there?
1: So. Um- We are Tasman Environmental Markets, uh, named such because the company is spread across Australia and New Zealand, founder in Australia, founder in New Zealand. Basically, we're the name behind some of Australia's largest corporates and their carbon offsetting strategies. So we basically take care of helping them become carbon neutral. The founders and the exec team myself uh, have been in the environmental and sustainability game for a long time and a small company but servicing large organizations my role is to help the guys bring about some really uh, innovative groundbreaking um, technology that will allow the codification of the business processes of Tasman Environmental, so that we can service a wider market around the world and help to allow big corporations to offset their uh, carbon emissions, uh, carbon dioxide emissions. So that's basically where we come into it. So yeah, where we've been with teams is that uh, the company being distributed in Abbotsford, we have an office in Abbotsford in, in Victoria, we have office in Auckland, Hamilton, Uh, location we have um, an office in Mornington so you can imagine without remote capability we've got people driving all over the place um, wasting a lot of time to get we've got people who live in the northern suburbs of Melbourne they're not gonna fly down it's quicker to fly to Sydney than it is to get to Mornington by car so teams has been quite a boost to us in terms of being able to bring those people together for meetings at the drop of a hat and with the minimum of inconvenience. Uh, all that drive time, all of those tolls, all of that cost that goes against lost productivity in the company, we've been able to, to overcome that. The other thing too that we've done is we, we have, because of the nature of the organisation, we have had quite a remote sort of relationship. But prior to Teams, we were heavily into Zoom and um, not that there's anything wrong with Zoom, Zoom and um, Dropbox. But what that does is create yet another set of security and management overheads for me and for the company moving into teams uh, means that we've been able to take that fragmented approach to data storage and communications and consolidate it and the devil's in the detail and I would not uh, many people and the people watching would would relate to the cost of managing multiple applications rather than consolidating. And congratulations to Microsoft. You got it right in terms of the way the bandwidth uh, scales itself. Uh, the way the the product is evolving seamlessly is another thing. I don't have to put any effort into rolling out new functionality other than weight. So that's basically it right. That's the background behind how we've been working in the organisation.
0: Yeah, awesome. And so just just wondering uh, from your perspective, Guy, rolling out teams into the organisation, because I know that was kind of relatively new, like you were using it for managing, you know, maybe let's start with the, how you were using it with your team uh, in terms of the IT side of, uh, of the business, yeah. and then how that's sort of now gradually kind of rolled out to, to the greater
1: organisation. Yeah, so we, we use it um, across three areas. We use it, um, like you said, first of all, we have two two distinct parts to the business. One is uh, TEM Direct, so the guys who are taking care of the projects and the carbon offset portfolios and managing corporate. We have the software development side of the business. So in the software development side, we have a, 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 an organization we're using as contractors to help us develop the ecosystem around the software. And so I set up a team for a project with them invited them as guests into that team and the way that native security in teams works means they can only get access to what i allow them to get access to through that team so we started doing that second thing we did was we basically then brought the organization on board we were starting to do this before the covid 19 virus hit and it allowed us to open up um, one global team so we've got a global Tasman Environmental Markets or TAM team that we use for general um, uh, meetings and, and distribution of information. Then we've got sub teams in things like policy and procedure or marketing or sales and we have set those up. And then the third area is when we've been working now with projects with clients, um, we um, basically set up a team to manage that project with that client directly. And that's been working very well. And it allows you to be way more inclusive and collaborative um, with clients and with contractors than you once were able to do without having to, like I said, yet again, organize multiple meetings and go to locations. It's easy to get people together in that environment. So that's that's um, how we how we brought it together uh, for those three areas. Yeah, awesome. it's interesting to hear
0: that that um, the way that you're using it to collaborate with external parties. I think that's really powerful because now you've almost got that real-time uh, interactivity with with them uh, without having to kind of jump out into different platforms. If your if your external parties edit, you know, some something within Teams, uh, you can see that straight away. Uh, you can also ping them in Teams if you need to message them. And uh, also, that's kind of one of the things that we use, isn't it, to, to talk to each other? Is often, you know, if you've got a question or something, you can just ping me on Teams because uh, we're on Teams as well, and uh, I can respond, you know, straight away without you know emails back and forth or having yeah, having to call me or anything like that.
1: Yeah, but having said that, I think that also strays into that etiquette side of remote working that will I know I'll we'll cover off in a little bit but um, how invasive you can be if you're not careful with a remote environment. And I think that just needs to be taken into account. The other thing too I need to say as well is we back Teams up with the other uh, tools from the Microsoft Suite, which are integrated. So Whiteboard, PowerPoint, Word. uh, It just makes it easier to bring all of those to the fore because most companies are using them anyway. And it makes it easier to uh, allow them to be accessed by those teams on an as-needs basis, which is which is really good. And I think that's something that allowed me to control the deployment of functionality, functionality on an as-needs basis, rather than on a, um, you know, in the old days, it was basically the IT department we would go out, we would get a good idea, we would deploy it, and it was a solution looking for a problem. Now, we're deploying through teams, because you can add in the tabs as you need for different functions. Uh, it allows you to deploy functionality and focus people on that functionality on an as needs basis. And I think that's really powerful as well. Saves a lot of time.
0: Yeah, that, that, that's actually a good point because uh, a lot of people don't know about all the, you know, adding tabs into Teams uh, and into, uh, you know, bringing in other applications. Teams then sort of becomes that one-stop sort of portal or application that everyone uses for interacting with other applications. So in a way, it kind of you know streamlines uh, the workflow, I guess, for for staff so they don't have to jump in and out of different applications. It's all kind of that one-stop shop, everything in that one portal, uh, and that's a great, great use of it. So you touched on then, like remote working etiquette, obviously, when you're not face to face with someone in a meeting, you, you do miss out on certain sort of uh, visual cues or, or body language. Uh, what are your tips, you know, around remote working etiquette and, and how are you guys managing that at Tasman? Yeah,
1: so I think um, one thing that I think is something people will start to adopt to is just to send a chat before just dropping in, because um, it's often that you're in the middle of a call and another person will just see that you're there and drop in. Because uh, people are working remotely, there's an assumption you're always available, you're always at your desk. and that you're always there for for that collaboration at any time, and that basically, so there's a an etiquette I think around how you engage with one another on um, sending requests to 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 drop in. I think other things that need to be taken into account is beware of the background. I think the adding the backgrounds to the uh, teams is quite a good thing. Uh, having the camera on for all the meetings is really something that we make uh as 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 mandatory as possible because you're working in a two-dimensional world anyway but when you just remove a person's face it just depersonalizes it even more i think uh, treating a meeting like you're in the office so wear appropriate dress um standard rules around availability so using your presence and your status uh correct the status message is something that i think people need to set up as an organization how that works and the VIP list and the do not disturb I'd limit the mix of communications between um, business channels and social channels so that people aren't using a team for example might be around compliance and it's full of jokes and you know cuttings from the Sydney Morning Herald or whatever it may be Um, the someone's always watching because of the fact that you're all on the screen uh, once upon a time in a meeting you had to turn your head to look at what the person on the right of you was doing But you're all in the field of view all the time So just be aware of that and the last one but not least definitely not least is before you share your desktop Be careful what's on your desktop
0: <laughs> Good tips there good tips actually there's a, there's a few interesting things that we're gonna quickly just touch on there so um, you made mention around presence and actually, that's one of the the cool features of Teams is that it kind of syncs up with your Outlook calendar. Uh, so if you're in a meeting, it uh, it automatically marks you as busy. Uh, but that presence status actually people uh, who are on Teams as well they can see that. So you know when whenever you know I want to reach out to Guy, for example, even though we're from a different organization, when I go to message him. I can actually see if he's put his um, do not disturb on, uh, and, and it tells me that. So you know, I don't message him when when he doesn't want to be bothered, and I and I wait for you know for his presence to change to available, uh, and then I know you know that's probably a better time to to have a chat with Guy. So even that little thing around presence makes it a lot easier for us to interact with each other. Uh, whereas if you kind of look back to the old way of, well, not the old way, but how we used to do things, you know, with, with phone calls, uh, a lot of the time, you know, a phone call is just kind of a one-way uh, feedback where you make a call and you just hope that they're available on the other line uh, and you may, they may be available, they may not be available and you end up having to leave a message. So using something like Presence instead to see that availability in real time is really powerful. Um, And the other thing you talked about there is that VIP list. I'm not sure, like, if everyone's sort of aware of this kind of setting uh, and how you're using it. Can you just sort of dive deeper into that?
1: Yeah, when I I set myself to do not disturb, I have the three directors: so the CEO and the two uh, uh, executive director, chairman, and um, technical, or the director that I report to, the technical director. Uh, basically, are the three who can still come through to me, whereas the others will get a, a message saying "please do not disturb" and whatever message I basically I can I can leave a message for them. So um, it's um, it's actually I haven't tried leaving a message. So the bottom line is they get a, a block, uh, so I don't get disturbed while I'm in that in that state. And I think you know it's similar to what we do on our phones. So it's it's it's, it's a good copy of that and it works well and it allows you to be undisturbed
0: yeah yeah awesome that's that's a cool little tip so when you guys are are kind of collaborating on documents are you finding like that real-time sort of editing uh, of documents really useful
1: yeah absolutely i think um more so with the developers the newer users tend to uh tend to adopt that a lot better the others are going it's a wow moment But uh, it's still a journey they're going on towards learning how to do that collaboration in real time on documentation. But um, it's definitely something that, uh, when it happens, it makes life a lot easier. So definitely on PowerPoint, I think that's been used a fair bit. Um, Excel, uh, so you can bring those in and work with that. Um, there's still also a, a few people where there's a balance where you uh, it depends on different work styles some people like to share a desktop or share an application have one person be the you know that the host or the master where everyone is is making comments as they can see what's going on and then the other ones basically allow um, for um, you know other people like just working in there collectively it, it, you've got to manage that depending on the audience you're working with yeah yeah excellent
0: And just wanted to see if you had any other tips and tricks that you'd like to share with the audience today.
1: I've got a few, I'll just run through a couple of them. I think um, open the FAQ if you're new to Teams, that FAQ that Microsoft provide when you're assigned to a Teams on how, it's got a whole bunch of great information in it. i get everyone to read that. Less is more when you're setting up Teams. Don't go and set up a million Teams. Don't let people set up a million Teams. It just becomes a nightmare. Um, And channels within the Teams. Agree on a framework for the taxonomy of setting up the teams. Agree on what the tabs are in teams. For example, you can use files, wiki, notes. New deployment of functionality can sometimes take a little while, as Microsoft have got to roll it out to hundreds of thousands or millions of people. If you're active on your phone but away from your workspace, people see you as available. So make sure you set your presence appropriately, otherwise they will continue to think you're working when you're actually out for a walk. It's happened to me many times. Turn on notifications for important channels and check your emails. So you know how um, teams, if you are you are actually away from a team and someone sends you a team chat, it will actually create an email for you. That's a really handy thing to make sure it's turned on. Um, the quality of the AV of your device when you're purchasing hardware, it, it helps. Key users, make sure they've got the latest and most compatible operating system and applications. We've had issues with Mac OS. Recurring meetings, as you know, Brian. Recurring recurring meetings only have one set of meeting notes. I use I'm actually staring kind of at the side of the screen because I use OneNote to create a long-term set of meeting minutes, and I use the meeting minutes within the meeting to just use as a scratch pad. Nearly finished. MBN connections and bandwidth are a real issue, so make sure quality of service, or if you're in your house, that other people are not eating up your bandwidth while you're trying to have your meeting. And last but not least, I can't wait for tasks to come out on meetings uh, on, meet, on Teams because yeah, I think To Do and Planner are two of the best applications that Microsoft released. So that's that's a whole bunch of things, but that's basically it. And I can let you have those if you want to distribute those later.
0: Yeah, awesome, awesome. All right, if anyone has any questions uh, for Guy and how you know how he's using Teams or any, anything anything uh, else around Tasman Environmental. Feel free to drop it into the Q&A and, um, and, and we'll get to it at the end. Thanks, Guy, for your time. Appreciate uh, your insights. That's been excellent. I'm going to jump across now to to Sean, actually, from Microsoft. Uh, he's got a short little presentation that he's going to share with us. Everyone, I'm just going to welcome Sean. And there we go. Welcome, Sean, to the presentation. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for inviting me. To be here. Uh, it is good to be here, and especially um, you know, good time now where everyone's sort of shifted to this remote working world. Microsoft Teams has definitely been one of those enablers that's helped many businesses make that transition. Mm-hmm. Um, and being you know a Microsoft partner, that's definitely one of the tools that we've been using um, and deploying out to customers, and and they're loving it so far. So just uh, want to hear some stories from you around what you're seeing from Microsoft and some of the investments Microsoft making Um, Mm -hmm. take it away Sean
2: firstly thanks for having me Brian Uh, guy actually we we first met probably back in an event with Brian was it November and I think your journey on two teams was sort of just beginning so uh, you can't fake knowing teams you've got to live in it and uh, by the sounds of it you're you're right up there with sort of a a change agent uh, we'd like to call you around someone who lives in teams uses it um, really knows the distinct difference between email teams sharepoint all those good things um, that microsoft provides so i think in terms of what we're seeing in the market uh, there's a couple things the first thing to note is teams interestingly is the fastest growing app that Microsoft has ever had in its existence. So that says a couple things to me. It says that while we could release products after products, this platform or product that you know over 75 million daily users are now using, uh, there's real-life examples of application to to during and before COVID. So Microsoft as a business. Had moved basically all its employees onto teams. Probably about 18 months ago and things like Skype feature parity had come across the team so we ultimately moved away from the old way of working with Skype which was more or less a calling video platform rather than a, a storage communication collaboration platform that we know it today and so for us as Microsoft to get the most out of the platform we we do really need to live and breathe in it. And, and that's ultimately what we've done um, before COVID. But on March 17, we got, uh, I guess, a, a subsidiary announcement to say, you know, the office is closed and up until further notice, that's gonna be a pretty, you know, it's gonna be the norm so office shut down which challenges probably a number of businesses normally where that probably would have happened but for microsoft work is probably just something you do rather than where you do it from so we've completely shifted to remote working but it was always an option and you've probably seen you know our friends over at google and um i think twitter are now making it a permanent option for their employees so totally giving them the option now of of working from home And, and teams in our case is that um collaboration platform so that's sort of the first thing to note Um, we were sort of walking the walk before something like COVID hit us because we really saw something like this we didn't see something like this occurring but now that it has it's given a lot of businesses students employees entrepreneurs a chance to continue business as usual Um, Sachin Adela said uh, we as a company through the loan platform of teams have undergone a two-year transformation in in a period of months so what we've noticed with say competitors that is the demand is definitely there, but can the product hold that that demand? Can it um, can it continue the capacity of people on it, um, does it shut down, does it have the features that the individuals are demanding? And most recently what we're seeing is Microsoft release feature after feature to keep up with um, sort of the customer demands that either COVID are asking for or just generally. So prior to teams what microsoft saw in the market as a core the core number of challenges which is probably why we released the product there was probably four main ones that we brought it down to across every segment so the first would be supporting global growth and collaboration across multiple time zones and locations so we're finding in this um, i guess global age your customer doesn't just exist around the corner they exist in another state they exist in another time zone so that's the first one and teams definitely supports that uh, the second is sort of innovating better and faster through a, an increasingly competitive market. So, as I just mentioned, feature parity against competitors. We saw a place, we released the product and it's been around you know, for, for two years now, 18 months, um, probably longer. And the demand has just spiked hockey sticked in, in a matter of months um, based on probably an education piece we've been working on for a long time and then just the options out there. A lot of users are entitled to teams but probably weren't aware of it and they were going out to spend on other products which uh, they could consolidate costs on namely say office 365 using zoom using slack Um, why use both when you already have an entitlement to teams so things like that Um, and then it's probably the third and fourth challenge really simply is people live on their phones um, 8 10 12 hours a day people use it second you wake up you look at your phone so um, it enabled productivity on the device from surface to laptop right to iOS or phone um, because that's how we ultimately become you know, more connected and consistent now experience. And then probably the last um, challenge is that you know, when you leave an office, a lot of those you know, physical security protocols and things you have in place to safeguard information and data. Um, you know they, they leave so now you're remote. You're possibly remotely exposed, and so with teams one thing. Microsoft is definitely investing in and has been for a long time is security. So to your question, Brian, you know, I guess earlier around, you know, where is Microsoft investing? Um, Security is that underarching sort of denominator. A billion dollars a year in security, cybersecurity, supporting platforms and products like Teams is definitely one of the things which show to the public that this is not just a a fad. This is not just a one-off product sort of responding to a, um, you know, a, a thought in the market around collaboration. It's you know we're we're entrenched in security and teams touches a lot of that encryption a lot of that governance a lot of the data leaving um individuals and and i think for us yeah the proof is in the pudding and the i guess the hockey stick j curve from you know 20 million to 44 to 75 million daily active users with two and a half billion dollar uh two and a half billion um, minutes of meetings in one day is um is pretty pretty amazing so i'll probably just pause there but that's ultimately where Microsoft has started shifting to remote work, for our you know for our partners and our customers.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. It's good to see you know obviously Microsoft's using its own product,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
0: uh, and the investments that it, that's making now. And we've seen you know some of that that come through already for for customers. So you know the the increasing of meetings from uh, from four people in a meeting to now nine people. And um, other features like you know raising your hand in a meeting, that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. Uh, it's good to see some of those new features getting expedited through, um, through from Microsoft. So, Sean, have you got any sort of other like customer stories that you want to share with us around this, around Teams, and, and how yeah. they're using Teams?
2: Yeah, broadly, I'd probably um, talk to industries, um, and you know, looking at the industries most affected in many ways is things like students education Um, how do you continue educating masses of students on going from pen and paper to now devices I mean personally when I was undergoing my you know HSC however many years ago that was and even through university you know you were heavily reliant on sort of physical pen and paper so now with, um, you know, now with online platforms, you can become easily distracted. Uh, a, a really good case study that's sort of coming out at the moment um, is de- the deployment of teams to over 1400 students in under 24 hours um, from another partner in, here in Sydney um, to St Andrews College. So what they've done is there was teams available for the students, but they were never using it. They were concerned around things like bullying and um, I guess harassment between students what this particular partner has done with the customer is is not just prove to them um, where they could consolidate costs around uh, their existing sort of entitlements across other competitors but it's also now given the chance for students to collaborate through teams um, every single day without the concern of you know bullying Um, teams was actually turned off for that main reason um, and they've turned it back on now based on the partners you know own IP in looking at things like you know cognitive um sentiment um messaging certain words so that was their pandemic plan which they have you know were able to roll out in a pretty short period of time so that's sort of like a, you know a, a big education 1300 size organization but for number of the customers on the call i'm conscious you're you're a lot smaller so we've seen the rollout of teams in under 30 minutes literally in literally an instant you can provision a you know a, um, a tenant turn it up turn it on for free um, so you know right from a you know an individual marketing company up to a big school through to the government there's there's a bunch of really interesting stories out there um, Cricket Australia is another one Obviously it's a bit off season at the moment you know or broadly the 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 company or the organization might not want to use teams but the sporting team um, the sporting group the coach the players want to use it themselves so that's still like a small 30 person group um, and they can just turn that on through their existing office 365 uh, license as well so pre-season training video analysis um, collaborating across multiple states based on where the players live um, another good example so I think yeah, there's there's heaps of them out there, but sort of those are those are two which have you know two or three which have sort of jumped out to me. Um, but Guy, you know, you're a perfect example of a small business cross cross region, where you're demanding your staff are demanding this same sort of experience. And uh, you know, yeah, one one really simple example is you're no longer needing needing to waste time in say your inbox looking for attachments because now Teams is you know, even for the free version you get two gigs of storage, which you can just source files on and leave files in that place so i think there's a number of use cases a number of customers really adopting it fast um but you know i guess the other question to brian this is probably you is you know how do, how do you ensure your customers are uh, getting the maximum utility or value out of say teams if they want to turn it on
0: from from our perspective
2: uh,
0: one of the things that we do with teams is around the end user adoption and training so uh, setting teams up is one thing and getting the the back end set up so that you've got all the governance and security in place uh, but that whole teams adoption and training piece is pivotal because uh, what we've seen in the market is predominantly you know with S&Bs they, they're often moving from all sort of file share environments you know where you're connecting to a file server you don't have any of that real-time collaboration uh, you don't have you've got that you know problem of many files and different versions but you're used to looking for files uh, on on your computer and then opening up from there uh, and then shifting that into teams where you can start to open files within teams and then have that real-time collaboration uh, without without any training um, that whole process that whole transition often is is, is quite difficult because it's such a drastic change in the way that they work, uh, that we def- that we need to have those types of workshops. We need to have those types of training sessions to, to get them um, and help them wrap their head around it. The good thing is though, is, you know, it's like, um, like many of you have said, it's c- when they do wrap their head around it, it's like a light bulb moment because uh, life is so much easier when you can find everything in Teams. Uh, you can open it, you can work on the same document at the same time as someone else, and you can tr- see those edits in real time. That, that whole process just makes life so much easier because then you only have one version of a document to control. Uh, everyone's working from that same document, the single source of truth, and you're not having any, any problems of multiple versions being created and then having to come back later on to, to merge them all together. Uh, which I know a lot of customers, you know, have a headache with at the moment on file shares. And also you mentioned like, you know, getting getting value out of teams, but um, that kind of leads us into the other point of our our topic today, which is around cost consolidation. A lot of customers that we've seen, you know, on Office 365 or Microsoft 365, they're not really using the platform to its full potential and a lot of the time they're really only using you know five to ten percent of it which is predominantly like emails uh maybe sharepoint or onedrive uh, and teams if they're a little bit more mature but beyond that there's so many other applications in there that that businesses are missing out on uh, whether it's something like bookings for managing uh, customer bookings or the power platform for for automation and low-code app development uh, and even Power BI in there for data visualization, so many great tools within the platform that that often businesses, you know, they they are paying a whole bunch of other third-party software vendors for for similar capabilities. Uh, you know, some sometimes it could be Zoom for for online meetings because they're not using Teams. Uh, that we're finding opportunities there to consolidate those costs, those third-party costs, into Microsoft 365. And actually um, you know we've got a guy on the call here that's something that that guy is consciously you know thinking about is every time he looks at at um, rolling something out or needing he has a new requirement guy you know you'll you'll ping me saying hey Brian can we do this in Microsoft 365 yeah and uh, you know have a look at what he's trying to do and you know we'll see is there a, a, an application already available out of the box or is there something that we can use to, to fulfill that need before he goes out and purchases another product? Uh, and that's a great sort of mindset to have because there's so much in there. And unless you really know the full capability of the full stack, you, you're probably not going to be using most of it. And then also, you know, with this shift to remote working, a lot of a lot of businesses have put in point solutions you know to to solve specific remote working needs and I know there was a lot of a scramble to to get everyone remote working so some businesses may not have considered you know security aspects around some of the technologies or or solutions that they've picked you know I know zooms had some security flaws we've had some other customers using whatsapp uh, which is a consumer product those sort of considerations need to be made as well so that even though you're able to quickly shift to that remote working world, you want to make sure that what those decisions you're making and the, and the, the platforms that you're picking uh, are actually the right fit for your business long term as well. Definitely. So, so I just want to quickly jump into the, the Q&A because uh, we're almost at um, the 45 minute mark actually, it's going really quick. Uh, and we have had some questions that guys answered some of them already and he's published them into the Q&A so thanks guy for that there's one in here from uh, anonymous to Microsoft actually it's asking when will teams be able to use your Outlook contact list have you heard of anything like that or
2: no I mean it's definitely a valid question I don't know I can definitely come back on that one Um, thanks anonymous but when it comes to daily features being released i can put the the link in below so that'll give you a sense of what to expect i'm sure it's on their roadmap but in terms of it being released this will give you a daily update so things like raise your hand meetings um you know nine screens uh and so on you know roll call things like that Uh, you'll find all of that public ga release availabilities on the link i'll send through but i can If you want to send me your email i can send you more information about that
0: yeah awesome thanks sean that's right Uh, we've actually also just published an article uh on our blog around some of the new features that have come out so uh we'll send you that link as well after this after this session some other questions in here so with the different parts or roles within your business do you see different usage patterns For example, do you see business development, consulting uh, or technical teams using teams differently? Absolutely. Absolutely. Sean, do you want to?
2: Yeah, I'll I'll take that. that Yeah. Yeah. So um, when we think about the types of users who would be um, actively engaged on teams, uh, we generally like to think about sort of like the projects, the processes and, and people. So how are you simplifying a lot of? you know the way you're putting out projects and work into teams through groups and channels um to communicate with people uh you know we've got at microsoft at least depending on the project like specific groups so you're not being you know inviting randoms to things which um they have no contribution or value to add to so we we before we i guess when we started using teams and this is something you get used to as you go on but there's a sort of specific purpose for each group and channel and uh, that's generally how we theme how we run a project or if you want to simplify a process you know that's that's there to do as well rather than trying to do something on email which is just a long form um, view of communication it can just become a uh, bigger than Ben Hur so um, yeah I just always go back to the project process and people and depending on which one you're trying to simplify um, you know, teams can come under all of those
1: give yeah, we we've had um, expert users emerge in those different areas they now manage their own teams um, and I oversee to make sure they're not creating too many channels or too much just to help them um, with security as well and who they're inviting but um, It's easy enough that a reasonably competent Windows user can quickly pick it up and start managing. So the other thing too, as an IT person, you need to be willing to let go a little bit of the reins a little bit, put the policies in place to keep them within the box, but then let them flourish within their own environment. And you will see business, definitely sales, business development. Uh, We've got, a, a, like I said, a compliance and policy team. Sales have got their own area. Marketing's got their own area. Project development's got their own area. And they do have the tabs across the top is what they want the users to see and use. And it works beautifully that way. Awesome. And just uh, one last question, go through here.
0: Have you had any comments from the business about now needing to search in both email and Teams if you are looking for a previous conversation? Uh, I think, from my perspective, the when you start using Teams, you find Teams becomes more useful for those informal sort of conversations where people just need a quick answer to something. And and when you start using Teams, you're probably going to see a decline, like Guy's saying, in the number of emails you're seeing within the organisation, in particular i think that's probably where the biggest difference is 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 you're going to find uh, within your organization anyway most of your communication is going to shift from email to teams unless uh, it's some sort of formal communication
2: yeah it's interesting we in in exchange email you come across the intercept of emails that you might not otherwise be meant you know Um, meant for you Um, people just forward things on and there was this formal thread within Microsoft between you know um, I guess engineers of teams and engineers of you know email Outlook around you know which is you know horses for courses which which one do I use do does teams now overtake you know Outlook over the next few years you know should we expect to see the demise of this email platform now that teams is out and I think definitely not email is um, I think has a purpose very much still in presence in a number of generations who are still probably getting used to teams as a platform to communicate. Um, email probably feels more secure, more formal, more long form. Teams is more fast, high velocity chat, quick responses rather than formally putting together an email, which you know I really just like to think of it really simply as as, as those poles, And I think both will just continue to, to grow. Um, teams will just continue to grow in an, probably a number of demographics, which we wouldn't have expected um, in the last few years. So I think both have a place, definitely. But Teams will become the sole place of collaboration, communication, productivity, um, email. Probably more for those, you know, formal um, exchanges between stakeholders in a business looking to make decisions, looking to set up apps. You know, you can set up meetings and Teams, but you can see a lot of the integration in in email. Um, with Teams now, which is making life super um,
1: streamlined. We've been doing that actually, is that more and more so, if there's a, so it's a belt and braces, if there's a conversation in a team that you want to copy to an email, Teams allows you to do that. It's not, it doesn't come across in the most, uh, it's, I still think that needs a little bit of UX on that one with the way it copies across, but the other way where you can actually email the team channel, that works well so if there's an email going out for example if I'm working on a development project and I have to send an email to a key uh, representative of the client um, but I want the team to know about it I can copy the channel it'll go into the stream for the chat for the channel so they can see the content in there rather than it um, clog up their email Me copy a whole bunch of people on the email as well so that works quite well excellent
0: All right, well, it's time to wrap this up. This has been fantastic. It's gone real quickly. Definitely going to have to organise another one now to to talk more about this. Hopefully everyone's got something out of it. We'll be following up. Uh, If you need help with Teams, uh, just let us know. If you have any more questions, uh, also hit us up and and we'll try to get those answered. Uh, Otherwise, just enjoy the rest of your day, guys. Thanks for joining the Mon Workplace for SMB's podcast, hosted by ModX. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe and stay tuned for more episodes.